Hello, lovers. Welcome to You Gotta Love It, the show where you do things that, uh, what is it? The show where you, uh, <laughs> it is before noon. Oh, the show where, <laughs> the show where you come to discover the best things you never knew existed. The show where you force us to sit through the worst entertainment. I don't know. <laughs> I think you missed one part. Yeah, there's a part there. Yeah, no need to take it again. It's fine. I don't know. I don't Print know. It. I don't know why I keep like it's always a different circumstance. The one time I was like so drunk, it was like perfect. He nailed it. Yeah. Anyway, you weren't trying. Maybe my name is Koji. I am a what? What, what do I do these days? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. I, I'm a part, part-time part- lost soul. And full-time breakfast sandwich enjoyer? Yeah, full-time breakfast sandwich enjoyer. And with me, as always, is my good friend and breakfast sandwich... No, bread-cutting school flunky, <laughs> Andrew Patterson. I'm ashamed. I wish he hadn't brought that up. Now the world knows. Mm. And this is a special episode because we have a return guest with us. None other <laughs> than... Star Wars oil painting extraordinaire, <laughs> Bennett Slater. I wish I had like a clock clock, like an audience. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can you edit that in after? Edit that in. Yeah. Just edit in one person clapping in a room, <laughs> yeah. in an empty room. Clone high, the yeah. albino guy. <laughs> and we're adding tinted windows to the albino wing. Woo! <laughs> anyway. Okay, so. It's uh, on the docket for today. Yeah. We, the, you gotta love it was kind of a, a more of a, we watch it so you don't have to. Um, well, we had a lot to choose from because in yeah. the last few weeks, Andrew and I have taken to going to Cheat Tuesday movies. And Oh, yeah, I forgot that. Yeah. We saw Jason Bourne, which was a real stinker. <laughs> Clunk. You know, we that was one that we watched, but uh, we're probably not going to talk about it, so you might have to. Yeah. But you probably shouldn't. Mm. And I am a huge Jason Bourne fan. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We are here to talk about a suggestion by my friend Mikey Michael James Hill uh, called The Night Of, an mm-hmm. HBO miniseries. And Is it six episodes only? No, I think there's seven or eight. There's okay. only six. I think episode seven airs tonight. Yeah, I believe there's eight. Sunday the 21st. I got some work to do. <laughs> Just kidding. There's no way I'm going to be able to watch the rest of it before tonight. And You Gotta Love It is another Cheap Tuesday film that we saw. And maybe we were biased because we did not see it in 3D. In IMAX 3D, I no doubt less. it. But uh, it was none other than Suicide Squad. You should insert that clap track here, too. Mm. No, like a boo. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Uh-huh. Anyhow, oh. see, n- just... Ch- Animals don't even like Chill. Suicide Squad. Kiba! Hey. Come here. I told you. I told you she was waiting. She was just <laughs> waiting over there calmly. <laughs> it just goes right through the... So, oh, no, here we go. Here we go. Go on. No, thank you. <laughs> I washed my hands just now. Mr. Bennett Slater, what have you been up to since the last time you were here? Oh, God. What haven't I been up to? Uh, nothing. Literally nothing. I saw... Just been sitting in a uh, dark room. saw a beautiful painting at Bennett's house a couple of weeks ago oh. that he's working on. I don't know if he can talk about it. I just saw it and it was gorgeous. Uh, Who painted it? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm working, <laughs> working on things. 
hither and thither. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Lots of cool, lots of cool shit going on, huh? Ooh. Yo, fucking. Uh, yeah, that. I don't know. Just working on stuff. Uh, looking at movies. Really, really, really want to get. Whoa. Really want to get a um, a TIFF. Uh, oh subscription. yeah. Oh yeah. Real bad. I also would love that. And I've just been scoping that out and seeing like, oh, what's on this month? Is there? Can I justify? Really justify? Well, will I go like twice a month, three times a month yeah. to justify the subscription? And I'm trying to think if, if I will. I am pretty excited for the lineup this year. There's like a good 15 movies that I'm like actually excited to see. Like if I, I obviously want like the, the festival. festival. Yeah. Oh. But isn't that like, it doesn't really matter if you want to see it, the chances of actually getting in because a lot of the tickets yeah, sell out well, real quick. It depends. And there's, there's multiple ways of going about it, right? So... You can you can either get a pass, uh, or it's like actually a series of passes for types of movies. So there, there's a matinee pass where you can see a bunch of movies. You don't know what movies you're getting in advance, but you see a bunch of movies during the day. It's cheaper. There's like the blockbuster pass or whatever it's called, the premiere pass, where it's like all the big movies that everyone wants to see essentially, and you get ten of those. But it's like a ridiculous sum of money. There's one <clears throat> where it's just uh, like midnight screenings. And so you can buy a bunch of passes for movies. You don't know which movies are going to be, but like you, it has the potential to be some of those movies. Or you can just, like I was suggesting to Andrew, that we maybe just try and rush some of the yeah. more popular I want to go films. see that new Denis Villeneuve uh, movie, the sci-fi. <coughs> is there a Lars von Trier film that we no, can go see? No, I don't talk see? about it. Go away. <laughs> Why? Why'd you even bring that up? Uh, yeah, well, anyway, well, cool. Sweet. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Great. Oh, man. Yeah. Tiff. Maybe we, we, maybe one day when we have an, enough money, we can uh, we'll do a, a Tiff episode. Can we post it? Did I'll we post tiff a, everything? <clears throat> did you link to Bennett's social and interwebs last time? After the last time we had him on, it was in the notes. Okay. In the show notes. But did you okay. do that? You're not as much. It's a real ghost town there. <laughs> I'll do it mm. again. We're gonna do it anyway. Okay. <laughs> So let's talk about, as we do, the hidden gem for the week, the Play night with the of. the hidden gem first, yeah, okay. Uh, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> I, so I was listening to Bill Simmons, pot, Bill Simmons podcast, uh, like a week or two ago. Is that the guy from ESPN? Yes, ex-ESPN. Yeah. Very contentious, like yeah. yeah. He's, I love him, he's great. I like his TV show that's on HBO, Any Given Wednesday, and I like his podcast as well. He's cool guests. Anyway, he was talking with uh, a buddy of his uh, who he regularly has on the show. And this guy like just doesn't watch TV, I guess. And he's like, are you watching The Night Of? And the guy's like, no. And he's like, <laughs> conversation like, what do you, what do you over. Mean? Yeah, he's like, what do you mean? And he, he goes on to Bill Simmons. is like, it's basically the greatest show on American television currently. And he's like, he just can't get enough of it. And he's like trying to convince this guy to watch it. And the guy's just like, but I'll tell you, it was fucking great. It was fucking great. I thoroughly enjoyed the first episode is like a film. It's like 90 minutes long. Mm -hmm. Oh, that first episode, I think. Cringeworthy, but not in a way that's like, a, you got to love it cringeworthy. It was like the whole time you just know. It's just very tense. Yeah. yeah and you're watching tense. how the camera focuses on, should we tell the should we let the people know what it's about if they don't know what it's about? Yeah. L before that, though, let me just say a couple things. The first first thing is that um, I think that first episode won't be able to be topped 
for that reason because you you don't know what's going to happen and the rest of the episode is kind of the aftermath of what happens in that first episode but before i go on to say what the show is about let me just tell you guys what how it was described to me and i think that it was just maybe misconstrued by the person who originally because they hadn't seen it at was it me describing it to you before i had seen it i don't know if it was you somebody was like oh i think it's a show about you know like a crime happens and then each episode is like different perspectives different perspectives on that crime and i was like oh cool right and so all throughout that first episode as things happened and like people were introduced and could, could i was you know talking about this earlier could solidify the timeline of what happens on the show i was like okay that's going to be an episode right there that guy's going to do it or whatever and then as soon as i saw the second episode episode i was like oh that's not the show at all no so essentially the show is about a crime that happens in the first episode and the reason why that first episode is so tense is because you don't know when it's going to happen, what the crime is, any of that. So, and the way the camera kind of like zooms in on characters. Yeah. No, I wasn't, wasn't going to oh. let you finish. I was just going to, well, now I'm going to talk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was, for me, it was tense for different reasons because it was like, I had a pretty good idea of where it was going, but it was like one of those things where instead of it being like a, police procedural in reverse where they're trying to figure out everything that happened the way that it's filmed and while you're watching it it they focus on like every mistake he makes but it's like so you know that it's going to come into play and you're just like oh fuck because i felt like it's written in a way and acted in a way where it doesn't necessarily feel far-fetched you know like when he panics and does something you're like oh like it I understand why he did that even though it's stupid and that's why it's cringeworthy you're like watching it knowing where this is going to like, where the the terminal, like at the end, you're like, oh, okay, this is where this is going. Like when he puts his hand on the banister and it, the camera just lingers on the banister and there's like blood on it or yeah. like all of these different things and you're just like, fuck. And it layers it on. Like there's, it's not yeah. like he just does there's one thing. There's so many. There's so many things. That like you can't even keep track of all the things that, it, that he's so done wrong. That's all basically the second half of the episode. Yeah. Essentially. All, yeah. all those moments but, but everything first like, like, like it starts with him taking a cab that's his dad's and you're just like oh mm. god but that, that's just <laughs> like oh god here we go stupid kid being stupid kid right <laughs> that's what i mean it was yeah. it was believable in yeah, that absolutely. like how he's doing it but and I, I, I was telling bennett earlier that there are moments in the show where for example when those two guys mistakenly get in the cab and refuse to get out i'm yeah. like okay well that those two guys that establishes a timeline right there because yeah. Those two guys and the cop that that eventually yeah. helps out are, are going to be like, well, I saw him, this guy at this place at this time, and mm -hmm. the the guy who drives the hearse mm -hmm. with the whole cigarette yeah, thing, totally. Like, it, it's though all those characters are definitely coming back. I can tell that Bennett just wants to talk about episodes we haven't seen yet. Yeah, you could just see it on his yeah. face. You guys are only two or three episodes deep. I'm six deep. I'm all caught up. Ooh, and it is. Uh, I I was telling Koji it's a bunch of different shows in one well am i right though so do sad. those people come back like uh well you're right in that like every single piece of evidence is like like you forget about some of the evidence because yeah, there's yeah, so yeah. much right and right. then episode like five they'll be reviewing a tape and you're like oh yeah he did say that or like whatever you know because because every when he's arrested so in the in, when he's arrested in the first episode, he's brought in the police station and he talks to a bunch of people in the police station. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then at the end of the episode, he's told don't talk to anybody mm -hmm. by his lawyer. And then now things are being reviewed in the things that he said or the things that he said to other people. Yeah. And like things were like, <clears throat> it to like, me. Oh, sorry. It, it's things were it 
seemed like nothing and then you're just like oh no that's gonna cost him like when he's in a he gets picked up uh uh they for a dui um and he's in the back of a cop car yeah and then they swing around to the murder scene and yeah. he just is in the back of the cop car and nobody knows that he was the one that's the one suspect and they're leaving that crime scene and he says to, to the cop yeah. is she dead yeah like worried yeah but then it's like brought back in court yeah it's him asking a police officer if and the guy's like and died. the guy's like he's just like yeah or whatever he's like i'd imagine so or yeah because he thought he, he even... thought that the kid knew what was going on in that situation it's, but I, the whole time i was thinking of this is like a really random reference but it kept coming up in my head in ugly americans when uh they're i don't know if you guys watched you guys watch you guys watched ugly americans yeah do you remember that episode where they're in court and there's like the giant baby is the one lawyer and the one lawyer's just like the law couldn't be more on my side like there's like all of this evidence that just like clearly this person did the crime and then the baby just puts spaghetti on his head and the, <laughs> the judge like rules in favor and he's like really your honor the spaghetti again <laughs> He's won several games. I was just like thinking about how the how smug that lawyer was though, and I'm like, that's kind of what this is like. Like yeah. they even in the initial episodes or whatever, when the detective uh, brings the is talking to the um whoever it is, is it the prosecutor or the judge? I don't even remember who he's talking to. Remember he's like having that meeting and she, and it's just like, oh yeah, it's gonna be like open close. This is like the easily the most there's no way that this person didn't do it. And like to anybody that didn't watch that episode, you'd be like, yeah, like there's a feeling of while you're watching it, if you, if this was something that happened in real life and like through the filter of media and like all of this information came out and you just read about it, you'd be like, oh, this guy's a fucking asshole. He clearly is just playing innocent, but he obviously did it, you know? Right, right. There's a lot of like interesting, like, so the, the show itself was great. And everything about it was great, but there was a lot of, like, I found, like, the second episode, for example, and the end of the first episode showed a lot of, like, um, pardon me for saying this once again, because I always say this, but it reminded me a lot of aspects of The Wire later on, in that it showed the, how dehumanizing the prisons, like, how, how that whole, that whole process is, like, it really fucking, it like oozes out of the TV into your pores. You're watching it. Like when he's like, you know, they get transferred to Rikers or whatever. And yeah. that guy's the cell phone in his ass. And it just like, he's so out of place. Okay. Or when he's in that, when he's in <laughs> I that. I want to uh, talk about stuff that you guys haven't seen so hard. You know but, when he's in, but well, Michael okay. K. Williams isn't even in the show yet for me. Okay. Oh, really? Okay. No, I'm a little further I, So I'm probably, yeah. He oh, yeah. comes though, in right? episode three then. <clears throat> You're only too deep. Yeah. Oh man, I but you know when you know when show? you know when he's like you know <laughs> so when he's much. like uh, when he's in like holding basically with all those other guys and there's that like junkie that's like being sick and like wants a doctor and that other guy's just like yo shut the fuck up fucking what's the, the guy just, from Hackers is the guy that kicks the, him the junkie no oh, the, the oh, junkie he's the little guy from Con Air that dresses in all the ladies' clothes and is like what ah, yeah. that guy yeah I yeah, did yeah. not make and, that and he's he's the I can't remember what his name is in Hackers. He's like the... the his screen know, name South or his Ameri actual name? South American dude. I uh, know. His they screen just, name. Well, and that guy just gets up and kicks the shit out of him and nobody does anything about it. Like the cot, like nobody. And I was just like watching it like, this is, this is some dark... We're going down a dark rabbit hole here of just like a, the American like prison industrial. Okay. Like I was just like, fuck. <laughs> I've, I've been silent long enough and I want to talk about stuff, but I won't spoil anything. Uh... But the direction that the show goes in, mm -hmm. the first episode is like a, a noir drama. 
that mm-hmm. ends with a crime. And then episode two is a lot more of sort of the repercussions of that, following up with his parents, following up with the lawyer on the defense and the plaintiff and like where everybody is now that the chips have fallen. Father of the victim. And episode three is a lot more of like, okay, now he's in prison. Like, how is this kid that's like a college kid going to deal with Riker's prison? And then my fear was it's just going to be Oz. Like, for the rest of, like, until his trial, it's going to be Oz for a couple of episodes. That's what it felt like to me after watching episode three. And it isn't. And I was terrified to put on episode four because I don't want to see that. Like, "Eh, you know, I know what goes on. Thanks. No good. No good. (laughs) But it's not. Like, it, but it is, it's a drama. There's a lot of prison stuff and it's a drama, but it's, you talked about like the dehumanizing of mm-hmm. people, but it is that, but it's basically like what prison does to like basically a blank slate of a person mm-hmm. as this kid is. You don't really know much about him. And then he gets thrown into this hard prison and then basically like how that changes him and his outlook. And he starts making mistakes in prison, but not like ones that are going to get him beaten up. Just ones that like are changing his character now. And you can see that like a, good guy or at this point he's good um is being sort of like turned into a bad guy like breaking bad style just because of the environment that he's in yeah um but also how everybody else's lives are affected like his parents mm-hmm. have to pay all of this money for court mm-hmm. or seemingly like, not or seemingly not so it's like okay well like That's how episode three but like everybody's <laughs> life like because it's a high profile case now mm-hmm. so like how's his brother being treated in school how right. are his parents, what are his parents doing to make the money? Like th- he owns the cab with two other guys. Mm-hmm. What are those guys doing? And like everybody else's life is like ripples out from this one incident that happened one night and everybody else. And it's, it's one of those things where I'm on episode six now and it doesn't really matter how it ends because so much damage has been done to just the lives all around this one case that like, it's sort of black signs. It sort of doesn't. Yeah. To- uh, so yeah anyway so it's masterful i think and i've only watched the first two episodes <laughs> yeah so i mean like you you sort of like i don't i guess you don't really forget about the court case or the murder itself but it becomes so much more than that where like it becomes a real character study about all the people around him yeah. and just things happening in prison where people are telling him like i think in in like the first episode where he's in prison he's uh they throw him like a jumpsuit or something like that like a blue jumpsuit mm-hmm. and we're like put this on you're going to like your arraignment mm-hmm. and the one prisoner's like don't do it man and he's just like he has to sort of like make a decision like yeah. what do i do so he puts it on he puts on the blue jumpsuit goes to his arraignment and they're like uh, and they you know do the whole arraignment or whatever and the lawyer's like oh, thank god at least they didn't put you in an orange jumpsuit because that that was the prisoner would have told him to wear the orange one and that mm-hmm. means like violent criminal so it mm-hmm. would have been bad news for him but then like that happens again with something else where the prisoner's just like no don't listen to them do this yeah. instead and he it's does amazing. what the prisoner does and it like benefits him yeah or he does what the person says to do and it and Fuck, so it's, it's like so it's crazy, literally man. a minefield of I don't like you don't yeah. know and it's not like oh don't do that because that's going to screw you like we as the audience have no idea which decision to so go with crazy, and like man. it happens again where um yeah you haven't even met him but yeah chalky's in it and he's great chalky white omar he's he's, he's omar. great and so is mickey he's also in it yeah that's he was like the dad of yeah. uh yeah. hbo yeah. just has guys. a little stable yeah. of actors Who's mickey? That they just mickey doyle from boardwalk empire the father of the victim or at, for me at two episodes in 
the stepfather of the victim. He's also oh, the, the, the guy author from, uh, from yeah, House, House of Cards. House of Cards. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, uh, so one thing that I also thought was interesting, and this might come back, but at least for the... F- I find that a lot of these things, like whether it's a film or a procedural show or anything like that, there's like still a lot of focus on the victim and like the crime. But this was to like your point, Ben, about like the characters. By the end of like the first episode, I had all but like forgot like that was all just like kind of part of the process it was like oh yeah there was this girl at the beginning yeah, of this they pretty episode, much have like, to remind you yeah like that you're, you're so because... focused on on him like it's so well written and like pit you pit you know you're just like oh shit like what's gonna happen to this kid next that you completely you don't forget about the circumstances obviously because that's why he is there but like it's kind of like you don't think of it as it seems like distant a, a distant memory which i think is like very intentional i think the point is that it's supposed to be like he's so present all that like there's all this crazy shit happening to him like you said he's making these decisions and they do a really good job of making you feel like you're there with him like oh fuck i don't think there's a scene in the first episode where he isn't on screen i think every single shot he is in on screen and things are happening like when the police show up to the murder scene Mm -hmm. and you're in the back seat of the cop car with him so nerve-wracking face in profile yeah and then you're looking at and like like the basically the focus is going uh, to the background where the cops, cops are, are and then it would just focus in. back on his face because you're just constantly like and lingering like neighbor, with what, where like he looking is. looking in his direction, but it's kind of got like a out of focus gaze. Like he's looking in that direction, but you can't tell whether he's like, that's the fucking guy or whether he's just looking at the cop car. Or it, like there's so much stuff where it's like, wow. So it's kind of ambiguous as to whether or not he actually committed the crime. I mean... I'm really desperate to know... Can I tell you guys, you probably know more, you definitely know more about this. You might know more about this. Yeah. The part that I still in my mind is like a spike where I'm like, I want to know where that goes is, uh, uh, what's his name from, uh, also from the wire, like the black guy, the kid that yeah, they bring yeah, yeah, in yeah. when he's just like, were you, were you alone? And he's just like, yeah, but he wasn't alone. He was with that terrifying looking man. Yeah. That's only in like two scenes. That's like staring at the house. And I was just like, oh that's definitely going to come back because it was like, or maybe it won't. That's like the, well, like I was just like watching that. Like it comes what, back. I was, was, I was gonna <laughs> say, it might just come back in a, in a minor way. Not so much that that second guy matters at all, but the yeah. fact that he lied about yeah, not yeah. being alone is enough to discredit him as a witness. Maybe. Totally. And it makes you, but it makes you like in my head, it just made me like immediately, you know, I'm asking all these questions as you're wa- as I'm watching the episode to try to understand it. Just like your natural reaction is to be like, "Oh, okay, maybe this is this." And like when that happened, I was yeah. like, oh. "By the way, wh- what I just said, like it hasn't come back. Like I'm not that far in the show, so I don't yeah. know if that's the case. I'm just assuming maybe that's kind of how it comes back." But There's so much. Fucking let let good me just shit ask you guys: Do you think that he did it? Um, I don't know. Ben's like I'll, six I'll, episodes. I'll in. dance around that answer and say that I think. All of the evidence is in the first episode. Yeah. Um, because you'll meet characters along the way that have motive. Right. Like loads of them where you're like, oh, it makes so much more sense where why this character would do it. The, the, and then like, oh, this person's clearly a psychopath. Oh, this person would get rich. Oh, yeah. this person, whatever. I had a vendetta. Like... And, but I, there's not enough to support it I from think... that first episode. Yeah. I think... I think that he didn't do it, but I feel like it's the type of show where he could 
like it's not gonna prob- I mean like Ben said it's not gonna have a happy ending like yeah. it doesn't strike me as I, like I, well, I agree. it'll in be break, like in a Breaking Bad fashion yeah when you meet him episode one yeah he's so different than where he is now yeah as a person so the character in episode one couldn't have done it right but where he is now yeah you start to you've been with him this whole time and you start to like your opinion of him changes and changes and changes and you're like he's capable of it like so, i i don't see so why brilliant. the only reason i don't so think <laughs> what a good show the only reason i don't think he did it was well there's two reasons one she's like i need to get away when, mm-hmm. when they first meet each other she's like i need to get out of here so she's obviously running from something mm-hmm and then the second thing is when he wakes up yeah, in her house yeah. after the crime, potentially. This isn't a spoiler because this is all in the first episode. When he wakes up after the crime, he wakes up like totally. There's not an ounce of blood on him. He's wearing the same clothes that he was wearing previously. Yeah. You know, th- there's no mystery there. But uh, when you see the murder scene, it's just like a fucking murder scene. There's blood yeah, everywhere. Insane. So you would assume that he would be all bloody. I mean, by the time he runs into the cops, he is bloody because he's like rolling he around in that the, murder yeah. scene. But like, there's just a lot. Yeah. It felt like, I think it, it is brilliant. I think, fuck, there's so many things it does. Well, it also does the, the whole idea of like you said, like your opinion changing over the, like that is such a, you know, you read anything at all about like court proceedings and like cases like this and how, like juries like how just basically how fallible like the human mind is when it comes to like actually determining details yeah details and if people are guilty or not and it does a really good job of like just fucking you up it sends so much information your way at first and the way that the characters feel to you you're like okay i understand this but then like each time like you said even in the first two episodes something new is kind of presented or introduced you're like oh shit though and it makes you feel again like you're experiencing it with him, but it's similar to like watching maybe like a court, you know, like I've never had to do jury duty, but like the idea of just being people presenting things to you and being given things and outside influences and how you're feeling and like all of these things that like affect your ability to like completely remove yourself from bias, which is, you know, and just like judge something for like, oh, here are the facts because that like doesn't exist. That's like not a thing. Like there's always going to be Anyway, I'm it's very curious crazy. to watch that first episode again after finishing the series because I feel like it, it would be a whole different episode after that. After you have seen all of the facts of the case laid out and you know everything about the show and then you go back and watch that again because even just watching it the first time, knowing kind of what the show was about or assuming that it was about people's different points of view or whatever, I was trying to pick out little things where like this, it could splinter off in either direction. Like mm-hmm. if this could prove guilt or innocence and without even knowing what the crime was at first. I was just watching for the people he was interacting with and being like, oh, no, this is a mistake. Yeah. You know? I think it does a really masterful job of throwing a lot of options at you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I forgot about the guy with the hearse until you just mentioned it. Like, it happened so early in the episode. And he's really, really weird and cryptic with what he says. But just everything. You want to be my next. Like, everything's for a reason. Oh, yeah. So, like, okay, he's got an inhaler, and she has to put the cat out. And the weight. Oh, and, like, no. what? okay, well, what is, like, is that going to play a part, or are they just doing that to add red like, herring? A, a red herring here and there? And and the focus, like, the way, like, you're saying, like, the way they filmed all those things, like, are so intentional. Like, it's, like, you can't, it's not like she's just casually putting the cat out. It's, like, here is the cat leaving the house at 9 37 p.m. like it's like there's so much like 
hey, make sure that you fucking, there's a no mistaking that you're noticing this fucking detail. And that's detail. why the, the opening <laughs> credits are brilliant because oh. it's just a highlight reel of evidence, right? It's yeah. just it's just things that like a silhouette of a cat walking across the street where you're like, yep, yeah, I remember that. There's also <laughs> a really good, there's so many things to like about it, but I also really like just um, knowing nothing about the, the actual process, of course, but I like the feeling of authenticity um, that they like nailed, which is again, like something that I feel is very, particularly the later seasons of like a show like the wire where just like the evidence guys, like those two got like just how everybody goes about their job, how everybody like reacts to it, how, how everything is done. It just feels so they don't really, it doesn't feel like it's being dumbed down for me. Like mm-hmm. there's lots of shit that they say that I have no fucking clue what they're talking about. Really? Like, I'm just like, Oh yeah, that's, I guess the next step. That's, that's just what you do. But like, it just feels very real. And I'm just like, man, fucking HBO. Well, like, these people are, there's people making these shows. It's so crazy. Like, so speaking of things feeling very real, yeah. let's move on to Suicide Squad. Wait. Oh, go ahead. I want to talk. <laughs> I'm not ready. I, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> ready I'm yet. I'm not mentally ready Wait. yet to talk yeah, about no, that. Yeah, no, I'm not ready to, I'm not, I want to just enjoy good, good <laughs> on my skin. Um, Okay, where are they going with John Turturro's feet thing? Oh yeah, the eczema. Because that is in every episode, and it plays an increasingly larger and larger part. Like it gets more and more and more screen time, and he's going to doctors all over the place, and he's trying all these medicines. He's going to like focus groups and stuff, not focus groups, the um um, like the community centers and stuff for like groups of people with like skin conditions and stuff. And it's it's still like I'm on episode six, and it's it's seemingly going nowhere. I enjoy it. Because it like characterizes him a lot. Yeah. But I want to know what role that's going to play in this whole thing. His family. Cool. Good for you. Just making it totally. I mean, maybe it comes back and plays a larger role. But when they introduce his family, I was like, oh, that's like refreshing. I love that shit. (laughs) What? Well, just like when he's like, you see him go home. So initially when you first see him at home, it looks like he's just like a single guy, like some lawyer down on his luck lawyer or whatever. But then like the next day. There's just like a black kid like eating breakfast. Yeah. And then like the black woman comes in and he's just like, all right, love you, dad. And like leaves. And I was just like, oh, it's like a, I just like seeing that stuff more and more where it's like not the focus of like a show isn't like, check out this family. That's like not just like, <laughs> he's, all the, he's a goofy, rashy white guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it just was like, I was like, oh, okay. I mean, obviously that goes uh, kind of hand in hand with sort of just my personal experience. So I was just like, oh. It's nice to see that kind of stuff. That was like when we were talking about Fantastic Four, that was one of the few things where I was like, I like that they just made a decision where they're like, fuck it, we're not going to like, they, they touched on it eventually. 2015. Yeah. They, they Also, no finish. No, I was just going to say they touch on it like briefly, but it's not like a, oh, I couldn't figure out why, you know, it's just sort of like, yeah, we're a brother and sister. Like my dad is black, like sh- fucking whatever. Who cares? Um, That's not the point of this movie. You'll notice in the executive producers, James Gandolfini's name, Mm. who was going to be John Turturro's character, but passed Uh, away, obviously. And then the role was offered to Robert De Niro. Just go ahead and... Who was excited about it. He told me that. And instead, because of scheduling, took the intern movie with Anne Hathaway. Can you just go what ahead? intern movie with Anne Hathaway, you might say? Go ahead exactly. and imagine James Gandolfini or Robert De Niro in that It's true. Because John Turturro is kind of silly. Yeah. Like, he's a great actor. Yeah. But he's gonna... got, like, a very, like, 
goofy yeah. sort of visage, whereas like the other two command such a James, respect. Yeah, James Gandolfini like fucks me up when he's in Killing Them Softly, and like he's basically just in like two sequences in that entire movie, and both of them you're just like, this guy is acting the fucking shit out of this. His two scenes are him telling a story. Like he sits down. And it's like fucking incredible. It's yeah. oh, he's really great in that Tom Hardy movie as well. Uh, the Take, maybe where he has oh, the, the dog. The the um, the drop. The drop. Yeah. Did you guys hear that? Uh, Go ahead. Totoro. They're talking about making a Lebowski spin-off Lebowski movie about Jesus. Yeah. Mm. But yeah. it has nothing to do with. Le- <laughs> okay, here's the thing. So I was like, when I was after the night up, I was like, I really like John Totoro, and I just like. IMD beat him just because I was like, I've seen dozens of movies he's in, but I don't think I ever fully realized how much of a, it's almost like Soderbergh with, he's got like his people that he always works with. And it, you know, like Matt Damon is like John Turturro and Spike Lee and John Turturro and the Coen brothers. So I was like thinking about it and just like going through all these movies and I was like, Oh fuck. Yeah. I forgot. Like somehow forgot the, like, the amount of shit he's been in. I mean, let's just ignore the fact for a moment that he was also in Transformers. Let's just yeah, go ahead and like just forget really, about that. Really chewing it up, chewing Transformers. Yeah, let's just bury that Jeez. in a deep, dark hole and yeah. throw away the hole. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he'll, he's, for some reason, he's always, brother, where art thou, John Turturro, in my brain? For a oh, lot yeah. of people, he's Jesus. <laughs> yeah, really? But for me, he's Brother Where Art Thou with that like big draw, like, that gaping maw of a mouth. Oh, yeah. I think of um, Barton Fink a lot because I oh, saw yeah. that in college. Um, a friend of mine in animation was like, this is like one of my favorite movies. You got to watch it. And I watched it and I was like, this movie is fucking super weird. And it, that's why it had like a such a lasting impression on me. Like John Goodman in that movie. He's just always like... Ugh. It was, uh, just, anyways, it was just like the whole movie felt just sweaty and grimy and like horrible. And I was just like, Ugh. so I just, for some reason, every time I see John Turturro, I'm like, oh yeah, I don't even think of him as the Jesus, you know? Yeah, no, he's, but yeah, then whenever I see that, I'm like, oh, good for you, man. That would, you were hilarious. Yeah, no, he's, he's so... a character actor, right? So he shows up in things and he's not playing, he's not playing handsome Brad Pitt. Yeah. Thing, right like he's yeah. playing he's not tom cruise wearing a baseball cap of whatever city he's supposed to be from yeah. <laughs> he's like you know yeah, a guy who's good. a dunce or a guy who's like insane or a weird itchy guy he in a rolled through to semis yeah i don't want to see a movie about him who's that? but it's the he's, he's a known sex offender in the, the big lebowski the way Why the way we? it's been described like i was reading about it like just the briefly like the, the when they were talking about the announcement and he has like the blessing apparently of coen brothers and like the and it's about a completely unrelated it sounds kind of like uh they just like liked that character but it has completely it's completely unrelated to everything else in that movie like it's about like a uh a shitty robbery or something that like goes wrong with him and some partner. Like he I has hope some... it's this, the exact same guy. That's his like bowling partner. partner. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, just that <laughs> the plainest looking man. Um, this teamed up with this. Weirdo. And, it, and it's in like, it's, it takes place in like uh, the Northeastern, you know, like up in like around New York or something. That was, those are like the only details. And I was like, I could probably enjoy it. Like, again, if it's not, if all they're doing is like, it could be a standalone movie. It's just like, if you, like if you had never seen Big Lebowski, you're like, oh, it's just a movie about a weird guy. But like, there's like a, you know what I mean? Like if it, if they keep it separate enough, I think it could be like enjoyable. If they don't bring up the eight-year-olds 
from Ugh. Big Lebowski that he had to go from door to door and <laughs> tell everybody he's a sex offender. Oh, man. As long as that's he's not the protagonist of the movie, then... Yeah. Did you watch Preacher? No. I keep asking you that, so I yeah, keep no, forgetting I got the, no. I got a stack of those books in my apartment that I... Just gathering dust. I haven't started the movie. I didn't, you should I didn't probably see this. watch the show and not read the comic. It's just so different. Preacher's fans mad about that. No. I mean, I've read the entire comic. Mm -hmm. So, and I read it all before the show came out. Yeah. It, there's so little of a connection between the comic. Not, that's not true. Things happen in the comic in a vastly different order and in a different manner than it started off on the books and now it's just going its own. I mean, okay. No, they just like take characters from the books. Essentially. The way I I look mm. at it is like, you've obviously read, um, Watchmen. And, and you've seen the movie. So the ending of the movie is quite different than the ending of the comic book. Still kind of in that same vein, but like they've changed it in, entirely. Yeah. Right? That's essentially what, they, what they've done with this entire series of Preacher. It's like in the same spirit of everything that happens and they, the elements of the story they're trying to tell are the same, but the way they go about doing it is, is very different. And so people are kind of... But what I... Either way on that. I was just going to call it It's Funny in the Show. Cassidy is like the only person on the planet that hated the Big Lebowski. And that just like keeps coming up in the show. Like a scene will open. Like you'll like come into a scene and he'll just be like, it's just a fucking terrible movie. And he's like making a point about why it's so bad. And like they're in that restaurant at the one point and the girl's just like, hey, she's like, hey, y'all like Big Lebowski? And everybody's like, yeah. Like they're all like super into it. And he's just like, fucking whatever. He's just like, it's a shit movie. I don't understand why people love it. It's about nothing. Uh, anyway, speaking about shit movies about nothing that in no way resemble the comic books, Suicide Squad. Hey, we brought full circle. Yeah, and character actors. So here's, I'm just going to be straight up about it. So the challenge for me is that Ben Bennett saw this movie before I saw it. Mm-hmm. Which means he saw it before I saw it. He saw it, yeah. Koji and I saw it together. I saw it before everybody, everybody. No, and and he was like, it's really bad. And I was like, okay. And he, you know, he didn't like say a lot about it. He was just like, it's really bad. It's hard for me to sit through it. He's like, but I want you to see it because I want so desperately for you to find something to like about it so that I can like tell you that you're wrong. And I was like, all right, I'm up to the challenge. That's just one more voice but, in a choir of people telling true. us that it's like the worst. So we went and saw it. As a, like, you got to love it. And, uh, you know, we will, I can talk about a couple things I liked, but it's not like, it's going to be hard, man. I'm just going to be honest. If people listening to this are expecting like a Jurassic World rematch, it's, it's going to be, it's going to pale in comparison. My my heart's not in this I just, I'm like, not even, I, I'll just say right now, I basically agree with everything (laughs) that it said before and after I saw the movie. And I was just like, oh, this is going to be, it's like, I had to make an effort to like, Okay, for the purposes of this conversation. <laughs> here's here's what I liked about it, and we, I'm sure we'll go into great detail about all the things that we didn't like about it. Sure. But what I really liked about it, putting aside the entire story of the film, the fact that... Which makes no sense. Yes. The fact that the problem that they solved at the end of the movie is a problem they created themselves at the beginning of the movie, and all of that other stuff, the fact that they're shoehorning in all these weird characters and then... They don't really matter in any way, and you don't care about them. You're supposed to be talking about the good part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's put all of those things aside. Okay. What I liked was the characters themselves. I felt like it was well-portrayed characters stuck in a horrible 
movie. Because w- walking into the film, I mean, okay, again, Joker aside, because that we'll talk about that. I'm sure we'll talk about that. But like Will Smith as Deadshot, you know, Harley Quinn being in there and uh, Killer Croc and all these characters. I was like, I don't know. Like this is, you know, Warner Brothers did a really good um, animated Suicide Squad film. Assault on Arkham. Yeah, that I enjoyed. And I was like, oh, this is good. But like, it's good as a cartoon. How are you going to make this a live action thing? And all the characters, I thought, played their roles really well. And they seemed to be committed. You know, it wasn't as if people were phoning it in. Mm. Because it's it's pretty easy to in a in a comic book movie to allow the CGI. Okay, Gods of Egypt, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, like I felt like a lot of those characters were just kind of phoning it in. Like, fucking Gerard Butler and uh, Jamie Lannister have accents that are not Egyptian throughout the whole movie. Yeah, right? they're like, oh, we'll fix it in post. Yeah. Whereas I, in this movie, I feel like all the characters kind of played their characters the way that I would have wanted them to play them. Yeah, I felt there were times where again, the, Joker aside. The movie was was so bad that I felt bad for the actors because like obviously a lot of like Margot Robbie and Will Smith both like you can talk about goofy movies Will Smith's been in but he's been in a lot of fantastic films where he's turned in like an insane performance and I felt like you know maybe this was like these act I mean I'm sure they're being paid a crazy amount of money but this was these actors being like oh I want to get in on this you know I want to have some fun but like I felt like that like Deadshot's character throughout that movie I felt like pretty much almost all of those characters, I was like, these are not bad. It's just like, it didn't feel they were in the wrong place. Had it been like a TV show where they were introduced slowly or, you know what I mean? Which doesn't, I know it's kind of unrealistic to assume that they would do that. But like, I felt like had they been villains in uh you look at like all of these other DC shows, which admittedly I have not watched. Me neither. But like they have all of these, you know, like the flash, like they're introducing, we were talking about this a while ago. Like they've got like uh what's his name? Like crazy gorilla. Gorilla Grodd. Yeah. And they and also like have King the Shark, Shark King who was Shark. supposed to be Killer Croc's thing, but they didn't want a big CGI character. They wanted like a guy in prosthetics, which yeah. good for them. Killer Croc looked great, but yeah. then the bad it, guy was except when a he big took CGI his, monster. Yeah. Except when so, he took his shirt off, though. I was like, why is Killer Croc so small? And his head is so big. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, anyway. but well, the animated series, he was like a guy size. Yeah, was he? Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I he was just he was like, like a gray man. Larger. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But like he... So I I did like that. That was like one of the things on my list too. I was like, oh, like taken in a vacuum individually. The char- There's like a lot of the characters were like, oh, I could see, you know, I had my problems obviously with each of them, even though I'm not super attached to the characters. Like I did feel like Harley was a little too quippy and not like just kind of deranged enough at for most of the movie. Like she was okay. just like, there was like a lot of, like all of her lines were really just kind of like one-liners. And there was moments where they kind of scratched the surface of like, oh, she's like, just a really fucked up person. But I feel like she was playing Harley from the animated series. Yeah, but even, yeah. May, I mean, maybe. I just felt like the one one of the scenes where I was like, oh, cool, is like after she abandons them and then like finds them again and she's on top of that car and there's like a brief moment where you can like, there's something more going on. Like she feels kind of bad, but also doesn't really, you know, and they're like, oh, it's cool. You can come back with us. Like we're just a gang of misfits kind of thing. I was like, oh, there are these... Almost there, there was moments yeah. where I was like, fuck, there's something, they're so like, close. Like, but- I, I'm on board with, like, I, I didn't love the Harley Quinn in this movie. Like, yeah. appearance aside, because I think her costume looked awful. 
but like the performance, like Margot Robbie's great. Yeah. Um, but in this movie, she was just okay. Like everyone's yeah. really praising that, like, oh, her and Will Smith were super good. Yeah. Will Smith was good. Yeah. Uh, Margot Robbie was okay. Like she, she's who I would have cast as Harley Quinn as well. Yeah. But yeah, like her lines are a lot of like just kind of quippy things that aren't. I don't know. Like she, like she blow Waller blows up somebody's head and she says, "Now that's a killer app." Yeah. Like end of scene. <laughs> and you're like and it's like oh, like but that's not her fault, but at the yeah. same time like that's not like That's why you feel great. bad for the app. Yeah, that's exactly. what I'm saying. Like, and but there was a lot of I agree that she was playing more like the animated series Harley Quinn, but then the movie kept insisting that she was crazy. And then all the characters kept saying, like, man, she's crazy. And she'd be like, <laughs> but she's doing things that aren't no, crazy. Yeah. Like, she's a criminal. But, like, she's yeah, she's like, not... She's, like... She's not unpredictable. Yeah, she's like quirky. Nuts. She's not yeah. unhinged. Yeah, yeah. she's yeah. quirky. And she's doing things that are, like, silly. Mm-hmm. But she's not, like, an insane person. Well, the, there were moments, though, like when she gets up in the middle of that firefight and just, like, starts walking forward. Like, she doesn't give a fuck about, yeah. you know, her own well-being. I'm like, okay, that's... It's not insane in, in like the like Heath Ledger Joker type insane. It's just yeah. kind of like, you know, her priorities are, are out of whack. That's a high bar that he set. But I think that the problem is that they didn't establish a sane mm. Harley Quinn before well, showing. They show, the, okay, there's so, no, 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 18 films of I, I footage totally, on the cutting room floor of this movie. I agree with what, you, with what you're saying. And I think the biggest problem this film had is the reason why they didn't start with an Avengers film is because you can't introduce all these characters that are essentially main characters in a film with zero backstory. The reason, I mean, this film has no, there's lead up, like here are the characters and then they're immediately thrust at the climax of the film. Yeah. There's no, there's nothing in between because they don't have time to set up each character and then like, make you care about all of them and then tell you a story. Like, it's impossible. So the one thing, speaking of the other, we were talking about Will Smith and Harley Quinn, what I did like also, and I felt like I was like, fuck, I just wish there was more of that as I did like when like... Boomerang? No. The Well, I did... Yeah, well, I'll come back to that. But um, so I don't know anything about Deadshot and it seems to me like his backstory is basically he's just like, a, He's got perfect aim. He's an assassin, right? That's, That's it. it. So I didn't feel like they needed to show a lot, but they, they showed just enough. Like that scene with Batman, which was like so short, but I was like, fuck. Like, again, it was an example of like, this was like a little nugget in this movie where he's like in that alley with his daughter. And like when the, what's her name? Waller or whatever is just like, oh yeah, like we tipped somebody off to his location and Batman shows up and is like, yo man, like you coming with me. And he like just wants to try to kill Batman and his daughter gets in the way and like, there's just moments in that sequence where, and he just finally like gives in. He's like, well, I'm not going to shoot through my daughter to like kill Batman or uh, try to kill Batman. And he kind of like, it really registered him to me as like, I was like, okay, he's like kind of like a B level henchman villain. He couldn't really go toe to toe with Batman, but he's got like the struggling guy stuck. In, I don't know. It just like, I was like, yeah, Will Smith, but it's still in the, in the scope again, in a vacuum. I was like, cool. But in the scope of that movie, I was like, fuck, he was like the only guy that I really, gave even remotely a shit about at all. Like when, when he was in a situation where I was like, Oh fuck, because they, yeah. you know, they, you know, and it was just kind of like, why didn't, why is it so hard for them to like, they did it. They did a good job of establishing like, cause even up to that point, cause that happens early in the movie. Yeah. Even up to that point, you know that he's good at shooting. Cause the yeah. opening sequence with him on the rooftop the is, is really yeah. good. 
Um, so you know he's great at shooting. You know that like what kind of a guy he is. Like he's a good guy at heart. He's got a daughter. So like even up to that point, you're on board. Yeah. Um, I think they spend a lot of time with him, which so like they reintroduce him like a couple times. There's like mm-hmm. a really long sequence with him shooting the. Oh yeah, when they're like, the, let's see what you can do. Yeah, and they put like a bunch of guns. Like he's in prison. Yeah. Because he's shooting people from rooftops with like a wrist gun. <laughs> ricocheting it too and then off they put like out a... like a bunch of pistols and a bunch of mannequins that are like 10 feet away like let's see what you can do and they put on like a rock song and he just or they put on kanye west and he just shoots the foreheads of these things for seemingly ever <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> forever and uh, you're just like i would shave most of that off honestly yeah. i think that scene only exists so that he can like be like here are the terms of my release blah 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 blah. and he's like listing off all these things and the guy's like i don't think that's possible and he's like i wasn't talking to you yeah. i was talking to your boss yeah you know just, just like sassy yeah. will smith but like take take some of that time off like yeah like edit edit that di- out like and put diablo, one of the scenes that are diablo, missing that explains something in like <laughs> like what is diablo what his what's his deal i don't because he like i know him in the comic books and who, who who is he? He's he's who's there's is been he? three. He's the most recent one from like the new fifty two. So I don't know anything about this guy. Okay, but he's a guy who's basically like in a coma. He's basically enchantress. It's the same thing. Okay, so it's a guy who's like inhabited by like an Aztec god who like gives him these like fire abilities. That explains why he turns who does into he a fight. Big... Who does he fight though? Like oh, in... I have no idea. Oh. That's why he turns into that <laughs> in like, the movie though. When that happened, I was like, "Wait, exactly?" Because what? like, because like, we know the rules set in place with Enchantress. Like, oh, okay, she's like oh, got a witch inside of her. Fine, but like, and like Diablo, they keep saying that like, oh, he's a metahuman. He's got like abilities, mm-hmm. and then he like goes Just Super tur- Saiyan yeah. and turns into a giant His Aztec jaw, like, skeleton explodes with like a headdress, and you're like, what? <laughs> but like, even a throwaway line, shave off all the Will Smith shooting things in the head for a while. Yeah. And have like a throwaway line like, yeah, he was just a guy from the streets yeah. and then like he was in a coma and some shit happened. And then like an Aztec god like took him over or something. You're like, okay, got it. Two other things uh, that I liked. The first is when you just mentioned Enchantress, I did think it was like one scene that I was like, oh, that was cool is when she like summons Enchantress the and the hand comes things? out and then like just turns over and it's just like Enchantress. I was like... That, that was, looked great. I was like, that and then was, they never yeah. did it again. I, no, no, it's like it was just another example of. I'm sure the people that worked on that shot, or even that like crafted that idea, were like, "Oh, this is gonna be so yeah. good." And then it happened in one scene, and they were like, "Why?" Like, like somebody why did, did that, and we're just like, "Here's how she's gonna transform." And they're like, "That looks great." We don't have the money or time to do that any at all, but that looks great. We'll throw that, that in was the film. So wicked. Uh, one of the other things that I loved about this film more than anything ever was so. <laughs> Whoa. It, yeah, Enchantress is you know they kind of allude to her and her brother being uh gods on the on the earth before humans are what they are now or whatever they were something 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 you know gods of some sort and so near the end of the movie they're like i got it here's what we do to get rid of her brother we blow him up with a large bomb not even a large bomb. It was like a breach charge that they yeah. put on the fucking floor of like a train station. Like, like it wasn't even like that's what you would use to like get through the wall of like a bank to and, and then they, they destroyed the machine with like a pack of Seymour. Yeah. <laughs> like and that they okay. No no no. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Loved this. They they blow up a god they kill a god, 
using a bomb. Yeah. And then Harley Quinn proceeds to attempt to fight the other god with a baseball bat. Mm. And instead of just like impaling her completely, immediately, yeah. she's just like, slap. Yeah. An actual, there's an actual open hand slap after he's been spending the entire time like shredding, like using melting. And to our friend Daryl's credit, at one point, uh, the god snaps her fingers and they all just lose their weapons. And Daryl just kind of looks over at us and whispers, you should open with that. No, I, yeah, well, okay, okay, here we go. <laughs> right? All right, well, the, that whole, okay, the premise of the movie is cool. Like, it's based on a comic book from, like, the 70s with, like, okay, well, we've seen the Justice League, we've seen a bunch of heroes, so let's get a bunch of villains, right? Mm-hmm. The villains that they put in this movie are, because there's been... Like the Guardians of the Galaxy, there's been so many members alternating, like the Avengers, like any group. So yeah. many members alternating, so many... So there's not like, well, that's the team. They could have shaved off people like Slipknot, who gets like Which his own character did. poster. Yeah, but like... He's <laughs> Very the, quickly. Like, I would be so was... pissed if I was Adam Beach. He's the only one who doesn't get an introduction yeah. or like... We're told like, but yeah. in a throwaway line, we're told what he does, and he gets one line of dialogue where he says something to Captain Boomerang. Like, let's it. get out of here. Yeah, but, but like, that's why you know he's gonna die. I knew immediately. That, but you know what was? Sorry, I'm just go gonna ahead. say that this scene though, that part, like, had the movie been good, I found that funny because it was kind of remind me of Tropic Thunder when like they just get there and then fucking uh, fucking what's his name, the British guy from the trip. Why can't I think of his name right now? trip yeah and try, he steps on the landmine like immediately and explodes it was like oh, they're like steve coogan is thank it? you yeah so it was like oh we're watching this movie and they introduce that guy at the last second he just like comes in on a helicopter backhands that woman or whatever and he's like oh she's fucking mething off or whatever and you're like oh yeah okay this guy's a dick but you don't know anything about him and then like right out of the gates he just gets like his head exploded and i was like ha yeah, and that's too. right. And that's right from the comic books. They did that in the Assault on Arkham movie that you talked about. Right. And they do that with KG Beast, who's a big, huge Russian guy. And they're in, still in the prison. KG Beast. They're still in the prison, and Doctor Waller's talking about the implants that will explode. Yeah. And he's just like bullshit, and, and like runs out, up. and then he. It's literally just like one of those electric fences for dogs. Yeah. Where he just runs past the line, and his head explodes, and then everyone's <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> and then that's it. Oh, like um, that Boomerang's reaction was great. Um, he's like, yeah. "Oh yeah, let's let's get out of here. It's all bullshit." And the guy's like, "Yeah." And then he like his head explodes. Cap Boomerang's just like. So to even get into it, the movie was written and directed by David Ayer, mm-hmm. who's got a pretty good track record. He did um, Training Day, Academy Award winning Training Day. He did End yeah. of Watch. He did Fury. Ooh, End of Watch is a great movie. So is Fury, actually. Uh, and he wrote and directed this movie and stands by it. That could be just because he doesn't want to blacklist himself in Hollywood. Mm. Like people like Josh Trank, who make a movie and then disown it, it. And then good luck trying to get big Hollywood work again. Now, they reshot this film, right, though? They recut this movie like a million times. They filmed this movie and then sent it out to two dip to multiple cutting uh places and then did multiple cuts so david ayer did a cut that was like a dark crime art movie as he described it or something like that 
And then they did one that was the company that did the trailer with the Queen song. (laughs) And then showed it to a group, like a focus group, which don't ever. (laughs) And then the focus group liked the one that was cut by... You can't trust us with... The trailer company. Yeah. And then that's the one that we got. Because it feels like a trailer because it's cut by a trailer company. The soundtrack is great, just not in the movie. It doesn't make... It's... The same thing as what's his face who did um, American Hustler? What's that director? David O. Russell. Yeah, where his yeah. where it's like Every yeah, song. you're putting really great songs yeah, that's right, over man. like mediocre yeah movie, and you're like yeah, but that's not fair. In, like in the first ten minutes, you hear like two minute clips every time they show a new character. You're like, oh, it's a good song, but like. What, like unnecessary because like, like I, the opening scene on the nose too like yeah. dr waller comes up and they're playing sympathy for the devil it, and the, they're like oh, come on the intro like yeah. with the helicopter flying in the swamp and what was the fucking uh credence they were playing uh, oh yeah ccr and i was just like all right well starts starts off okay but then like literally like 10 minutes later it's like okay i've heard way too many songs yeah. <laughs> like this seems like they almost <laughs> cut them in at the very last minute um, I would so love was, to see the other cut of the film. Yeah, so it was cut by a trailer company, so that's why it f- it's all over the place. Like, it's really, really quick cuts. Mm-hmm. We don't spend any time anywhere for any amount of time, right? Yeah. Except Will Smith shooting mannequins for a long time. Yeah. And that, probably, and that bar scene, that bar scene which is the only one that, like, slows the movie down to a crawl just to, like... Yeah, characterize for people for like give a Croc one excruciating like, line that people in the theater laughed at somehow. Uh, oh my god, yeah. Um, nah, shorty, I'm beautiful or whatever. It's like, man, come on. But like, okay, <laughs> the big, the big elephant in the room is Warner Brothers and what's going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because Batman versus Superman was a bomb, right? And I, I prefer Batman versus Superman. I, over this movie. I do too. It's an awful movie, but it like is there's like things Batman. there's things on screen that I can get down with. Yeah. I did I didn't hate Batman vs Superman. I'm gonna be honest with you. I, it didn't deserve like the 27 percent or whatever. No. Yeah. Like there are way worse worse movies than that for sure. But Paul Blair it's not a, like after watching that movie, I was just like frustrated. Yeah. And then like for the next few days, I was like angry at it. <laughs> but there are things in that movie that I liked. But that was a movie that took like two and a half years or something to make they gave Zack snyder all the money in the universe and literally creative freedom to do whatever he wanted and that was the product Mm. and so they freaked right the studio freaked out and they had basically given from the outset they gave david ayer six weeks to write suicide squad (laughs) So yeah. that's why it's the Pretty big good. like blue laser in the sky and a big showdown with just non- nonsense characters at the end because it, the movie was written in six weeks and so and they had a very small budget and that's why after Batman versus Superman they threw a bunch of money at it to try and like beef it up because but basically they did the opposite of what they did for Batman versus Superman to try and find success they took away the, the freedom and then they took away the like time. license to do whatever and they took away all the time. And then it, you get the same similar product of just like a jumbled mess. It's, it is beginning to get because fr- I've like said kind of from the beginning when when we've talked about it, Ben and well, really all any when I talk about it with anybody because like I've always been a Marvel guy. There's you DC, tell me every time yeah. we talk about comic books. Yeah, DC, DC. There are DC stories that I really like that I you know I have a couple of them like 
they're all Batman, basically, if I'm honest. Have um, you read All-Star Superman? Uh, Frank Whiteley and Grant Morrison? Yeah. It's really good. Yes. That's one where he's just like... like I'm gets, gonna, gets cancer from like the sun and yeah. told that he's like going to die. So he basically has like his final days on Earth. It's really good. Maybe I have It's haven't. really good. I've read the... F- for, I don't know, whatever. It's like two parts, right? Is there like two trades for it or is it just one trade? Uh, I don't know. There's, I, read, I read the there's, issues. There's only one trade. Okay. Well, any in any case, but like Batman Year One, Batman Year 100, I really like all of the sort of like the Dark Knight, the, you know, like that shit. Um, oh, has anyone seen The Killing Joke, by the way? The no, animated... I haven't watched it yet. No, not yet. Oh, I can't wait to see so, it. So I am at the point now where initially I was like, ha, DC's thinking it up post- Nolan but why do you get joy out of that? I don't know. I just, <laughs> I don't anymore. That's why I'm, that's the point I'm getting around to. Initially, I was like, oh yeah, like growing up. It's like the. It's not score one for Marvel if DC screws up. I know that, but the, the juvenile kid in me growing up being like, fucking DC sucks, you g- other guys. Marvel's the best. <laughs> or like Sega versus Super Nintendo. Each initially, you bitch. You um, bitch. I'm just, just kidding. kidding. Uh, so initially I was like, you know, uh. I was just kind of like, oh, cool. Like Marvel's not going to the park for me. And like DC is kind of falling behind. But then now I'm just kind of like, well, now I just want good movies. Yeah. And I want to like, so I totally have matured beyond that. But that's why it bums me out is because it's, yeah, it's got DC and DC's characters all over it, <clears throat> but it's, it's not necessarily a DC like product. That's An being honest turned reflection out, right? of like, what like, well, like Batman what I, versus Superman was so many comics all together like civil yeah. war was like the idea of marvel civil war which is a big comic arc mm-hmm. in one movie so they obviously truncate a lot of it and yeah. get like the the idea of it across yeah whereas like batman versus superman is so many big story arcs totally in yeah. one tiny movie mm-hmm. and well tiny movie it's huge but like it's it's a bunch of influence from all over the place and so when people are like oh i didn't like like batman versus superman like dc comics not for me and you're like yeah "Yeah, but it's not anything to do with the comics and that's kind of how i felt about suicide squad yeah it's got the labels of all of those people on it but like jerry letters joker isn't joker like he he was like a criminal and like a serial killer, but like that's that's not what I. Okay, before we we jump into that, I just want to say I don't understand why there's a rush for DC to to make, you know, Justice League or something to compete with Marvel because like why why rush it at all? Because it's gonna burn out the the hype is the people are getting you tired th- of comic book movies. No, I think that people like I think it Marvel's proven that people are still interested in good comic book movies, right? Yeah. As long as you can, but it'll it'll burn out. Maybe, but you think that if uh, if it was going to, it would have by now. Because how long ago did that first Spider-Man movie come out? Because arguably that was like the or the, X-Men. the ignition X Men for all. But of that this. wasn't that didn't start the craze. Like the Spider-Man movies were big, like they were yeah. record-setting box offices. Yeah, but it wasn't like a race for everybody to make another spider-man i think it paved the way or set the foundation for them to make iron man because iron man i think at that point they were like okay well these are our popular characters iron man to me anyway as somebody that avidly read marvel comics iron man was like is a classic character that's been around for fucking like a century but like there wasn't like people weren't like attached to him as a character so they were like all right let's start with this and then you know i feel like it would have been hard for maybe not bombed there wouldn't be a Marvel sure. Cinematic Universe. Totally. There wouldn't be a Thor movie but I, if I Iron just mean Man like, great. If, if, if things like 
X-Men, X2, X3, Spider-Man, those movies hadn't kind of like shown the people with the money that they're like, okay, like oh, yeah. aside Batman from- 89, right? Set every box office record. Superman before that. Fair enough, yeah. But I just mean like, um, I feel like that was, there's like a big gap between yeah. Batman 80 and like, I think, I think in, like in my mind, Spider-Man was like the beginning of yeah, it. Because Tobey of, Maguire, Spider-Man. Because of the fact that the first one made a shit ton of money, then the second one continued to make a shit ton of money. It I was, think the Spider-Man movie, the <laughs> Sam Raimi ones, the first two yeah. were the closest thing to like a comic book that we had seen on screen mm. because the, the X-Men movies were not noticeable, like nothing other than like Cyclops' eyes. Nothing looked like the X-Men comics, whereas the Spider-Man movies, like Jonah J. Jameson, J.K. Simmons... Just was like, how yeah. can it look more like J.K. <laughs> more J. like Jonah Jameson? Jameson. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like it looks the same. Um, like Aunt May is like a cartoon character of Aunt May, mm. which is like so. It really set people for like, okay, well, we can keep it like the comics, and people will go see it. And so, yeah, you're right. It started. That started the whole like, we can make Iron I, Man look like Iron Man in the comics. I have and a question for you. What's that? In along this thread, uh, so. And I totally agree with you. Like you posted videos about costume design, like comic book character costume design in movies and like all of which I like totally agree with and like getting excited about like the, how the new Spider-Man looks and like the color and stuff. Do you feel like that Warner brothers with the DC movies is like, because I remember when they first showed Batman, Ben Affleck's Batman and the Batmobile, there was like groups of fans of like the comics that were like, Oh fuck. And that looks fucking sweet. Which I also I, thought I was, was one sweet, of those people, but like, yeah. do you think in general that like DC is, or Warner Brothers is doing like a good job, whoever they're getting to do the car, or do you think that it's like, you said you didn't really like Mar- how Margot Robbie looks. I'm just curious how you feel, because I feel like Marvel, Marvel Studios has done, even Fox with Deadpool, I guess recently, with like how Colossus and Deadpool looked. Like They, they both look great. They Colossus shown, looked great. They have just shown like that you can literally pull like the exact costume from the comics. This has been successful for 75 years for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, and that was something that also frustrated me about Spider-Man. I was like, why do they keep fucking making like all this crap? Just fucking do. And when you were like, oh, it just looks like in Civil War, he just looks like an Alex Ross painting. And it was like, yeah, yeah, it looks great. Spider-Man holding the shield is everything any Spider-Man fan has ever (laughs) wanted to see on screen. So do you feel like Warner Brothers is even close? Uh, Well, the thing is they don't have someone someone siphoning ideas to one direction. Mm. So like Batman looks great. Mm-hmm. Like I can't think of how I would change the Batman costume like the current to be Batman? more like Batman. Ben yeah. Affleck's ben Batman? Affleck's Batman looks great. Yeah. Looks tremendous. The stitching and stuff. It, lo- it looks, wicked. it looks tremendous. Uh, Wonder Woman looks great. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and that's a really tough costume to pull off. Yeah. And they did a great job. Uh, Superman, they did what they could but they're sticking with that like metallic blue and everything and it's all very very dark although i think they're trying to lighten it up but like th- from mo- it changes from movie to movie yeah jared leto's joker yeah let's get standing to next to batman ben affleck's batman they don't match the world that they occupy seems like it doesn't match and it it feels well okay so here's a few things that are weird to me and maybe this movie just takes place like i 
I don't know when it takes place right after Batman versus Superman because they oh, talk about the that's death right. of Superman. That's right, and, and they, that's why they need the suicide. They, they squad. talk about the death of Superman, and then they, because what if another Superman comes? And, and then Ben bad. Affleck is is there? Like, but also, yeah, and the Flash is Batman around. and the Flash are around, but like there's like a world-ending cataclysm, so, cataclysmic event, and they're just like, oh yeah, we're gotta wait they for our team, like a goddess. So she's here, got a passport. She flies Turkish Airlines. Here, Come here, on, here's you the can thing. track her down. I was talking to Andrew, and I was like, "Oh, well, maybe the film kind of takes place at the same time as the Justice League movie, so they're otherwise occupied with bigger threats, and so that's why the Suicide Squad has to take care of this." Yeah, but like then meanwhile, happening the, on the TV is like a doomsday fight. The, the end of the would have cr- made sense. The right? end of the credit oh. sequence. <laughs> the end of the credit sequence is Ben Affleck saying, "You got to shut this team down. I'm going to build a yeah, team of my me own. And my friends will take care like, of it." <laughs> So you just like the only possible explanation. <laughs> there was a giant blue laser yeah. going up into the sky that was going to destroy everything, and you were just that, sitting that, that one out. That's I guess. annoying because it's just laziness. Yeah. Like, there's no reason Here's to one overlook that. Like, it makes no sense. Here's yeah. one for you. Big, big one. This secret program of criminals, right? Mm-hmm. Do the heroes like the Flash know about it? Well, Batman. Because if not. Knew then they're going to see a bunch of criminals yeah. just walking around the streets. <laughs> like, what's stopping Batman from just breaking Deadshot's leg again in an alleyway? <laughs> yeah, like, it's true. Especially guys like Captain Boomerang. Yeah. Who is just the fucking... So, okay. Is never used for the... It, okay. When he throws a boomerang... Yeah. Because they, they, like, they need to utilize his skill for any reason, right? So he throws, like, a drone boomerang to, like... But, like, that's not how boomerangs work because it was, like, a steady shot camera, like, zooming (laughs) into, like, a facility. And you're like, a boomerang is spinning, guy. The camera would just be, like, all over the place. Anyway. Jared Leto's Joker. Yeah. I'm going to give him a little bit of a free pass only because what – how could you portray it? You can't portray it as, like, the maniac because Heath Ledger obliterated that (laughs) – Obliterated yes. it. Anyone who tries to do it so soon after it was already done, people are going to be like, "No, like it's not this even is close. just like doesn't even pale. It like pales in comparison to what what just happened." So you can't be that guy. Yeah. And I guess he was trying to be like an updated gangster version of the Joker, kind of like um, Tommy Guns and stuff. Um, Nicholson's, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, he was trying to look like a like a gangbanger, right? Yeah. My problem with that Joker is that he's too self-referential. He occupies a universe where the Joker is famous and he's got tattoos of himself all over himself. You know? Like, ha, 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 ha isn't a thing except, like, Heath Ledger's Joker did it on stuff. He does it, like, all over himself. But, like, we know that the Joker does that. But, like... Yeah. Don't I, tattoo it all over yourself. There was like, I think... Like, he's he's the, the biggest fanboy of the Joker. The jo- yeah. That Joker in that movie is a Joker fanboy yeah, more than just... Because the Joker is above... Well, the yeah. Joker's a billion things, but like, the Joker isn't... Like, he's an anarchist, right? Yeah. So he doesn't do things like narcissistic things. Mm-hmm. It's not for him. Yeah. Whereas, like, I like at choices. I like the choice that Jared Leto made of just going in a completely different direction. Right. I, like, I admire that. Yeah. And like, 
good for you, man. Do it. Like, there's nothing worse than just like phoning in, just sort of like. And a how? But like, how much involvement did he have with that? And how much of that was them writing the Joker as this I type think of character? I I read that he wanted to do the scarred smile. Yeah. And David Ayer was like, no. So, I agree with everything you both just said. I feel like, um, to me, I didn't absolutely hate him and i think that there's a whole this talk of all that what's left on the cutting room floor and there's like a lot more explanation there and all that kind of stuff could have maybe but like i did like his brand of crazy where it wasn't it was like seeing a joker that wasn't totally unhinged like he was sort of a criminal like the scene with like a fucking, Joe, the scene, Joe pesci character where he's like yeah, are you talking exactly to me? the scene with common common was ridiculous but the scene just like I wish that they had, if you're going to put Joker in the movie at all, even though the movie's not about, it's not supposed to be, it's, it doesn't seem like about Joker, it's about the Suicide Squad, and Joker just kind of plays in a Harley story. I wish they, if they were going to put Joker in, they'd shown more of that type of stuff, because like that uh, scene where he like puts Common in a position where he's just like, you're fu- like he's fucked immediately. Like there's no getting out of that and I just like there's there's opportunities for them to do that like when he sits down with the security guard guy in the club and he's just kind of like he has I don't even remember what he says but he like slapping on his cheeks and stuff like had they made the Joker more of like a um like even you know take off the tattoos I liked his clothes I didn't mind like his face and stuff but yeah it was like a, just a little over the top I just liked it I don't know. It was it almost was like there four for me. jokers in one though. Like they do the new 52 yeah. Joker. They do the like the tuxedo dancing with Harley Quinn, which is a weird yeah, that was sequence weird that in that they movie. Put that in there. But that was like an Alex Ross. So there's yeah. like and a I liked, bunch of jokers. I liked when he said in there. when they had the flashback when he was like, you know, would you which would, one? <laughs> when he's talking to Harley before she jumps into the vat of acid and he's just like, Would you like would you die for me? And she's like, Yeah. And he's like, All right, cool. Would you live for me? And she's like, Yeah. He's like, All right. Like that. There's like, they're just like, to me, it was like close. Had that been a movie where the whole movie, like say that was a movie where they made some different, slightly different creative choices and it was a movie about Joker and Batman or something. I think I probably could have gotten more, if I'd had more time to be like, okay, this is just like a crazy Joe Pesci, as you said, like that's like a perfect way of describing it. Like I could get behind that, but it was hard to, it was difficult to just be like, "Mm, well, that's where this movie, cause I, you're always the, well, how, what would you do instead? Yeah. Kind of guy. And it's always, okay, well, that's like a loaded question. Like, what do you want me to like provide a screenplay in like a minute? But what I would do in this movie is lose the whole Enchantress thing. Make Joker the villain of the movie. Okay. And then that characterizes everybody you get loads of time with the joker so you establish him as a strong villain in a comic movie which comic book movies even still struggle to make interesting villains yeah unless it's like a monster of the week like ultron but then he's gone and it's forgotten hated ultron i hated him uh and i still don't even i I know i'm gonna upset a lot of people but i don't love loki either like i love tom hiddleston he's great but like this villain isn't memorable oh Um, my god no no what they should have done was made the Ultimate Avengers, the first trade where Loki... Anyway. But that but my amazing. point is that, like, have the Joker be the villain. And then you've got a whole story with Harley Quinn being torn yeah. between being on this team and fighting against her boyfriend. So, so basically make the Assault on Arkham exactly. live-action movie. Like, that, which is what they... Should have done? Should have done. Yeah. Slash, like, they, they basically... Well, they did, sort of. Yeah. But then... They okay, so the last one, the third act I just want to say sense. that upset me 
astronomically before we move on because I think we could we could be upset about the, about this movie forever. Mm-hmm. Is in Batman versus Superman, there is a Robin suit that says "ha ha ha" on it, implying that um, I think it's the Killing Joke, right? Implying that that happened and the second Robin was beat to death with a crowbar. Or death in the family. Death in the family. Thank you. Yeah, there's a Killing Joke about. No, um, yeah, yeah. What's her name? It's Death in the Family. Barbara Gordon is the killing joke. Thank yeah. Barbara yeah. Gordon. Go on. Uh, implying that that happened, which would also imply that Batman actually killed the Joker. Right? Because that happens eventually as well. That's the killing joke. Is it? kills the Joker. Oh, yeah. fuck. I'm, I'm now, see, now I'm confusing both of those comics in one. Spoilers for all those things, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, fuck. Because <laughs> I was so sure that after seeing that, I was like, oh, so... Because my, my rationale for all of Batman, Batman versus, versus Superman, Superman was like, Batman was like, fucked up. Like, well, like, he was like, I'm just like... But I'd be, I'd be mad and... if the Joker was just dead in this universe. Well, like, see, but yeah. I thought like, his Jimmy whole... Jimmy Olsen's dead. Doomsday's dead. If the Joker's <laughs> dead, oof. His There's... whole his whole rationale, I thought, for, for everything was that uh, he was... Like, the reason why he was using guns and doing all this stuff is because he had moved past his, like moral yeah. ideal dark Knight he, returns batman yeah because yeah. he had killed the joker <laughs> he had done all this stuff already and he was just unhinged which is a great way to start your franchise is having like an old jaded batman <laughs> way to way to initially yeah. spark your huge movie franchise but i guess yeah. I, I guess i was wrong i guess I yeah was wrong. so i mean whatever the, I, I think i don't think we need to spend any more time on this yeah we've like pointed out a few things it's basically i feel like we're all on the same page we're like there's things that could have been good but weren't i i just don't know where they go now yeah. like what do you i'm gonna be i'm they... interested to see because i was actually kind of I, when i saw that first trailer for wonder woman i was like oh this could be like cool because that that's one area where they're beating marvel to the punch because marvel's equivalent captain marvel is like not due out for like like there's no woman-led like heroin only superhero movie yet that i can think of correct me if i'm wrong helen slater's supergirl mm, no from the 80s That's, no what about uh, uh whatever i carter. mean in this recent way like red no but like no but those tv show agent carter no agent it's not carter. like it's not but that i mean like um like a superhero not no, like just I, a fucking know, know. like character that's a woman that's in the universe and they're like oh we gotta like like somebody that is on that same level you know and has that cachet so I think that um, there's like that was like I was like oh this could be cool because I thought Gal Gadot was Shazam. When does that come out? Yo, with Dwayne Johnson. What? That's a thing. That's well, happening? it's rumored to be. A we thing, just call him it? Dwayne Johnson now. The Rock. There Dwayne. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> the guy worked hard for that title. The you, Rock. You know that guy who doesn't like Vin Diesel. I'm pretty sure that he's he's in... not even Shazam. He's Black Adam, which is like the villain. Oh, the true. villain yeah, of yeah, Shazam. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's Black Adam. So who's Shazam? Some you know, kid. It's got to be a kid. And that's still happening. Yeah, but like, is what it is but like on? Shazam? <laughs> DC. But Shazam, Shazam got his powers from a wizard in a cave. So like, amazing. Yeah, uh, this no, is what I mean. that's great. And so they, this is the thing that I that I find I think confusing is obviously Marvel has a ton of crazy shit, like Doctor Strange, like insane shit. But I feel like aside from Batman, just probably because I haven't read the right books, there's a lot of characters where I'm like, oh. Like well, years ago when we were in Vancouver and you were like ex- basically explaining Green Lantern to me, I'm like, oh, okay, this is actually cool. But like, I feel like it's almost going to be more difficult for them 
because they didn't take their time to like just inter, you yeah, know, no, because like assumed. Yeah, like at least in Marvel, you start with just a guy who builds a suit and has no superpowers, See, and then you enter. They could have done Green Arrow or something. That would have been a good intro. Just a well, guy lost TV on show. an island. No, no. But I just mean like yeah. So I'm I'm just saying like. It would be, I would be like, oh yeah, a wizard giving a kid powers, you know? Like Guardians of like the Galaxy. Dole it out. Guardi- Gar- yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy was cool because the intro at that point, I mean, I think that movie also kind of stands on its own, but if you're watching all the Marvel movies, the intro is just like, his mom's dying of cancer, which will, if it's true to the comics, will later be revealed. There's will be a reason why she's dying from cancer, but she's dying from cancer. Is it space cancer from yeah. space? Yeah. And then he runs out, he runs outside the hospital and he gets abducted by aliens and that's how the movie starts and then you just and then they just don't touch on that really again for the whole movie you're like okay but cool. like even before that avengers one in 2012 had aliens and like, yeah but they, alien they worked invasion, up to right? that though I yeah think. oh yeah no they earned where they are right now yeah but i just mean like yeah they expanded on and it like, fucked okay, everybody alien, up in aliens the world. exist yeah and now like was, everybody's like, like oh shit and so like what Captain do we do? america 2 is all about yeah security. okay now what yeah which is what this movie tried to do Suicide Squad tried to do after Batman vs. Totally, Superman. Yeah. Oh, no, but I feel like Superman's they shoehorned that in after the fact. Exactly. It was, yeah. it's, it's ketchup, right? But it's, it's so many things that they're trying to like nail down. Like, but it's missing, it's and missing view, away. mommy. But it's not earned. Nothing's earned because they're, they have to throw it in really quickly to catch up, right? So on to things, now that we've hit the one hour 26 mark of the <laughs> show, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> on to things that we actually enjoy. Uh, I think it's time for recommendations. Shit. My recommendation for the week, I'll go first, give you guys some time to think about what you might want to recommend for the week. This is going to be to uh, steal a line from Doug Loves Movies, which is a podcast hosted by Doug Benson. Watch this, not that. I recently saw an advanced screening for a movie called Infiltrator, starring Brian Brian Cranston. Cranston. Mm. And it is phenomenal. It's like an- another generation's Donnie Brasco or something. Cause he, essentially, he plays like an undercover cop who takes down, and this is based on a true story, who takes down part of um, uh, the drug cartel. What's his name? The fucking big cartel dude from like the 70s and 80s. What? Oh, um, Pablo Escobar? The, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Narcos. So, uh, yeah, there's uh, all sorts of weird undercover shit that goes on. It's a, it's really good. It's really good. Definitely worth checking out. If you liked Donnie Brasco, or if you have no idea what Donnie Brasco is, just like go see this movie. Cool. Well, you want to go next? Because I still haven't uh, really thought. I didn't plan sure. this at all. Um, yeah, I guess the second season of Documentary Now. Is coming out, yeah, and so watch, watch, it. watch all of documentary now. It's short, it's like eight or nine half hour episodes. It's like a short mini series. Every episode it's is a different documentary in a different style. So, like, there'll be like a 1940s black and white documentary, and then like a 70s music documentary, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's really great. Bill Hader and Fred Armisen they do like a Vice, Vice News one. Okay. Where uh, Jack Black is Shane Smith, and it's just like a bunch of hipsters going to like the most dangerous places in the world, and they just <laughs> keep dying, and so they just send more hipsters. Like every sequence is basically just—it's always Bill Hader and Fred Armisen, 
but it's man. just like two different characters because like the other ones just got shot in a drug in a bad drug bust and then the next shot is just two different hipsters that are oh, that's but it's but that's just one episode and then they do like a two-part 70s music one that's really good uh and they're all based on documentaries like actual famous documentaries um so they basically yeah take the piss out of documentaries and that sort of thing and there's a clip for season two that's the um what's his face the the rage and cajun dr james carville oh yeah and from like the 80s i think when they, he was like the campaign manager or whatever of so-and-so's campaign and it's just the two of them um going he, through like, or it's them no it's uh, oh. bill Hader plays him and they're going through like the campaign like <laughs> slogans and stuff for this new presenter it, it's just really great if you love those two guys where does this air uh, it airs on IFC. Okay. Um, but you can find them around. Uh, it's really great. I'm having trouble. I'm going to go way off and just uh, do music again. I usually do music. Okay. I don't think I've recommended this before, but I've listening to it a lot since Way Home. Maybe I did recommend it already. Savages. Did I recommend Savages' new album? I don't think so. We talked about it. We talked about it a lot. Savages. I'm still listening to that album a lot. Um, a, a door, a door life. Is the album called a door life or a door? One of the two, whatever. And we'll cue up a song. It's great. They're like, uh, Dave Murray loves that band. Who's Dave Murray? Some guy, <laughs> just some, just some fucking guy. Um, <laughs> in any case, it's, uh, they're like, yeah, I don't know. Kind of cl- like post, how do you describe them? Koji post punk. It's like, it's like 80s sound inspired, it's, it's like a weird, London, like punk, industrial, punk. Oh, like the Carpenters mix thing. Smith. I'm just, yeah, I'm it, just kidding. The Carpenters is like soft sort of, rock. If their if their lead singer was a vampire, yeah. But it's really good, and like the more I listen to it, the more it grows on me. So maybe we can like try to cue up. All, sweet all I have to say first. is like their lead singer is probably actually a vampire, and what you would expect that music to sound like is what it sounds like. So. Yeah, it's pretty sick. But not, but, not, Blade. but not in a fun <laughs> 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 or only lovers left alive where it's like Tom Hiddleston just making like weird noise rock in like an attic. You know, no, you never seen that movie. No. Yeah. All I can think I, of you is, told me no, that's my recommendation. S- I don't know. That's no, wait, what, I wasn't, I was literally thinking of Steven Dorff from Blade and I was trying to remember his name. What did you just say? Only lovers left alive. Oh yeah. Vampire music. Yeah, it was like Tom the, Hiddleston making like noise yeah, rock in Tilda an attic. Swinton and yeah. uh, Jim Jarmusch movie, right? Yeah. yeah. And, um, that that's a guy long that one. Just passed away. Got crushed under his Anton. Oh Anton, yeah, he uh, is in that. You're right. Velchin or yeah, whatever. Yeah, Anton um, anyway, whatever went on a tangent, but yeah, that's my recommendation. The n- most recent Savages record, check it out. It's great. Cool. It's great. All right. Well, until next week, where we don't know what we'll be reviewing yet or talking about yet. I think <laughs> not well, another comic book movie. No, let's do. I, let's I think switch I'm, gears. I think I'm sick of those. Not the show about it. Just I'm just <laughs> sick of looking at comic book movies. I, I'm hoping that uh, I can find a. Or at least get my hands on a copy of uh, Swiss Army Man. I'd love yeah, to do that. We film. could do. Uh, also, we do have some recommendations pending. There's the Sand People uh, hip hop, but it's like a music. We'd have to queue up like a whole music episode. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of things that we can get. You know what? I, I've got some recommendations and some suggestions here. I will. I keep saying that I'm going to do this and then don't, but I will actually break in mid- midweek once we've decided what we're going to do and let everyone know. What don't we're touch doing. that. Like cactus. 
right. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>